into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's semi-finalist here in the hot seat. One of our six remaining contestants in this, the 2020 tournament, is Heather Hurley. Heather, how are you? Hi, I'm excited to be back. I didn't know that I would be necessarily as I followed the uh, the rounds very carefully in the scoring, but I'm, I'm happy that I made it through. Oh, we are happy as well. Uh, not any other, any happier than for anyone else who didn't make it. But yeah, we're kind of happy. A little bit. Uh, uh, you know, you got in by the skin of your teeth. Tying with Cheyenne there for the uh, presumptive five slash six seed. Uh, we didn't have to go through any uh, strength of schedule tie breaks or anything to figure out which your opponent's going to be because you're you're just going to run through this round today. And uh, you know, if you finish in the top two, our top two semifinalists uh, will be back one final time for the grand championship match to determine all the marbles. In fact, you can win all the marbles that I'm holding in my hand right now, because that's pretty much just the only prize we've got. <laughs> the entirety of the marbles. Got it. Indeed. Well, how you doing? What's, uh, what's going on? Uh, give us, uh, in case people don't remember, uh, what's been going on in your world? Who are you? I am Heather Hurley. I live in Arlington, Virginia, just across the river from Washington, D.C., which is always an interesting place in our this nation of ours. I work at the Library of Congress on Capitol Hill, which is also always an interesting place to be, never more so than these days. But um, I sometimes go on game shows, so listeners may have seen me on uh, Mental Samurai or Losing on Jeopardy or what have you. I also do... Uh, music and singing in my spare time, but uh, appearing on this podcast is, you know, maybe not the most lucrative of my side hustles, but certainly one that I enjoy greatly. So again, happy to be back. Am I, is, is the buttering up of you going to get me any sort of bonus points? Because I've got more of this, but I can also stop if it's detracting. I mean, I, I probably would prefer you stop because it's, you're, you're only going to embarrass yourself. I mean, you know, it's, it, I'm no Rob Lowe. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. You sussed out my strategy. I'm going to put those index cards aside that I had put in with the compliments about you. Okay. All right. I'm rebaselined. You know, as you know, uh, this is going to be a uh, wonderful new set of questions. The format's going to be very similar uh, to what we've been doing in the past for this tournament. If you guys haven't listened, uh, go back, check out all of the 16 preliminary matches, and uh, we'll we'll catch you up here on the on the semifinal round. Uh, we you know we're going to have the, the this that and the other. We're going to have the fungo three of a kind, and we are going to end it all up with the guillotine question. Those questions that trio of uh, items has been randomly packaged into a three pack as it were and uh, 
pre-selected for you. Uh, the rest of the questions, well, they're going to come uh, from some sort of inspiration. We'll talk a bit more about that in a bit, but you ready to get this started? Let's go. All right. As you all know, we're going to kick things off with this, that, or the other. I'm going to give Heather three categories, and then I'm going to read off a list of ten items for each item that she can correctly place in its proper category. One point will be headed her way. However, Heather, you must be careful in this process. Some items may, in fact, fit multiple categories, in which case you'll only get the point if you correctly state all the categories into which that item fits, but... Two things you know I'm going to promise you. One is that each item does fit at least one category. No shenanigans in that regard. And game theory, it is not going to help you. These ten items are being pulled at random from a larger list of options. So just because one category seems a little bit heavier than the others, that's just the luck. Oh, the draw. Does all of that make sense to you? Are we clear? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I may change my tune after I hear the categories, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hear those categories. Uh, category one, uh, the this, as it were. Cities with five million plus people. Cities with a population of five million people or more. That is your this. Uh, that, Melrose Place. Melrose Place characters from Melrose Place and the other religions of the world. Fairly straightforward category. There aren't too many of those, I, I don't think. I think we all agree on the physicist who's a religion. <laughs> Alright, so cities with 5 million plus people, Melrose Place, religions of the world. One final thing before we get started. Uh, I am not going to be spelling any of these words for you for Homophones, as always, fair game in potential multiple categories. Heather, you ready to start? I think so. I mean, the best way to begin is just to do it, so hit me up. Rip that Band-Aid off with item one, Manila. Okay. Manila, certainly a city, and I imagine more than five million people because the Philippines very populous just in general. Uh, it certainly could be the someone's name, and I admittedly never watched Melrose Place, so this is going to be a little tough for me to suss out. Um, it could be a first name, it could be a last name, I guess it could be a nickname, but um, I'm not certain enough or brave enough to wager on Melrose Place. Now, religions of the world, is Manila a religion? Manilaism, a Manila Manilicism. That's just not sounding right to me, so I'm going to say this is a city only. A city only. Net you a point only. Well done, Manila. A very populous city. Let's keep going. Item number two, Chengdu. Chengdu is a city, I want to say in China. And I'm going to venture that it has uh, a large population or large enough to fit that category. Chengdu, again, I guess, could have been the name of a character on Melrose Place. Um, honestly, the only thing I can picture on Melrose Place is I think Heather Locklear, maybe Courtney Thorne Smith, and probably there were some male characters, but who uh, I don't know that any of them were named Chengdu. Would it be a religion? A Chengdu? I follow Chengdu. Chengduism. Or some kind of homophone. It doesn't seem likely, so on this one, too, I am also going to say just a city. Just a city. The 
capital of the uh, province where Sichuan cooking comes from is Chengdu, and that do be all for you. Two for two. All right. Yeah, let's keep this ball rolling here. Uh, item number three, Sydney. Sydney. Now, this is an interesting one. Of course, a city, Australia, lots of people. So definitely that one. Sydney, to me, of the ones that I've had so far, seems most likely to be a name. Um, I've certainly heard of, uh, I think, Sydney Bristow was a character from something. Sydney as a person seems very plausible. So I'm gently penciling that one in. Now, could it be a religion as well? Sydney. I, I follow Sydney. Sydneyism. That does not sound right. So on this one, I think I'm going to say that Sydney is both a city and a character on Melrose Place. All right, Sydney is, of course, a city. I mean, we've all seen the Opera House. We know what Sydney, Australia is. Mm -hmm. So absolutely a city. And Sydney, uh, you said Sydney Bristow. Sydney Bristow is a character from Alias. Uh, she was the lead on that show. Uh, Sydney Andrews, played by Laura Layton, is the red-headed uh, manipulatrix on Melrose Place. I'll take your word for it. Great. And there you go. You, you don't care if you really know as long as you said it, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yep, you've sussed out my strategy there. Hey, it's, sussing is working so far. No, nothing sus about your score. Three for three. Let us continue on here with Lollardy. Lollardy, my goodness. All right, well, I I don't recognize that as a city and certainly not one that would be large enough to fit into this category. I'm sure, sure there could be a, a, you know, rural Irish Lollardy or something, but I don't like this one as a city. Unfortunately, I don't really like it as either of the other ones, and it has to be at least one of those things. So I think that I, I like it less as a Melrose Place character. I guess it could be someone's last name. But I wonder if this is a religion, despite me never having heard of it. Lollardy. Following Lollardy. Oh, boy. Now I'm going to talk myself out of, out of religion and into Melrose Place character. Goodness. Lollardy. 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 Saying it over and over isn't necessarily going to help me come to a conclusion. <laughs> this is almost like a coin flip. Lollardy. Uh, I don't know that I like it as a religion either. So I guess I will tuck myself back into this is just a Melrose Place character. This is not a Melrose Place character. No, this would be a religion of the world, a reform movement of Christianity from the UK in the 14th century. Uh, they basically thought that uh, the church was getting too rich and that people needed to throw away all their worldly possessions and be a lollard hey it happens sometimes you know too much <laughs> too much and then tear it all down and start again and then it gets to be too much again and vicious cycle it is a vicious cycle lollardy 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 get your uh, tithing here or something i don't know uh let's move on item number five Augie. Augie, that's interesting that one initially also strikes me as a religion um, perhaps something, you know, India, that sort of part of the world. It could certainly also be a name um, of, of a character on Melrose Place. It does not ring a bell as a city, as a large city. Um, and I have to be conscious of homophones and different spellings and things. But for that one, I will say just a religion. 
just a religion. Unfortunately, not correct. You kind of flip the flop and flop the flip. Augie was a character on the 2009 reboot of Melrose Place. <laughs> Which I also did not watch, but today I learned there was a reboot. Yeah, uh, well, you know, they, they, they rebooted the 90210, so they had to reboot the 90210 spinoff as well, I, I guess. Had to? Maybe not. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah, have? Like Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, a little bit of a lull here. A lawler. Anyway, let us move on quickly to the back half of the this, that, and the other with item number six, Alexandria. Alexandria. Now, uh, it is certainly a city in Virginia, very close to where I live, although I don't think it has five million people uh, in the Virginia version. There's Alexandria, Egypt, which I don't know offhand how large it is, but... It certainly makes sense as a world city that could have 5 million or more. It also makes very much sense as a Melrose Place character, although it strikes me as a potential red herring that, of course, there would be an Alexandria. Or is there? But um, I'm going to gently pencil it in in the Melrose Place column. Now, for the religions of the world category, I'm pretty sure that it is not one of those. I think the, the, the question is on the other two, whether it is one or both of those. And I'm going to say that it is both a city and a Melrose Place character. Obviously, it is a city in Egypt. I mean, technically, I want to say technically, I don't know the COVID numbers this year because they actually possibly could have had enough deaths to put them below 5 million. But I'm not going to hold on to technicality. Fair enough. Noted with an asterisk. To be honest, they're really darn close to the 5 million mark. Oh, yeah? Yeah, unfortunately, the way the world is. But we're going to say... Yes, on the city being yeah. the thing. Unfortunately, it's only the city being the thing. There was no major character on Melrose Place. Now, Alexandria, now, if you want to find a friend who played an extra named Alexandria for one episode, then, you know, you can fight me over the point at some point in the future, but it's going to be moved. So. <laughs> All right, I'll be searching IMDb and writing a strongly worded letter to beat my guest headquarters. There you go. Uh, we really got to staff that thing. The letters are piling up. All right, can I give you the one there? Let's get you back on the winning side here. We still got four questions left here, four items left, and item number seven is Rhonda. Rhonda. Well, I don't recognize it as a city. Rhonda. Yeah, not even trying to think about alternate spellings. Rhonda doesn't sound like a city. It certainly is a name and um, very potentially a Melrose Place character on one of the apparently many incarnations of the Melrose Place body of intellectual property. Uh, Religion of the world. Rhonda. Rhonda. Could be. I mean, I don't. I don't know it offhand as a religion of the world but as i am learning they are many and not necessarily well known anymore um so i will say who do i want to say melrose place and religion or one or the other and i can't game theory myself into saying oh i haven't had a lot of religions i need to have more because that's not necessarily the case i will say that this is just a melrose place character Rhonda, who left after the first season of the show in its original incarnation. Funnily enough, you know, with multiple incarnations, you would think that it might become a religion <laughs> in and of itself. Oh, interesting. Place. Ooh, but, mind but, freak. Yeah, but uh, yes, Rhonda is solely a Melrose Place character. Well done. Back on the winning side here. Let us continue on with item number eight, Billy. Billy. Okay. Billy. Is Billy a city? I don't think so. That's not ringing any bells. 
Billy, I'm guessing, is a Melrose Place character, because, again, I feel like there were definitely men on that show at some point. Um, so I, I will say Melrose Place character. But is it also a religion? Billy. Billy. Billyism. I don't know. I, I like that less. So I'm going to say that Billy also is just a Melrose Place character. Billy, just a Melrose Place character, is correct. Well done. Yes, there were indeed male characters on that show, but, you know, whether or not it passed the Bechdel test, probably not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even still. Ah, Just times. based on the subject matter that I remember. Yeah, Billy, played by uh, Andrew Shu, who was one-time professional soccer player. <laughs> Basically, every every scene that Billy was in was like, I, I, was, I don't really know what's going on. I, you know, yeah, I, know, I need a job, Allison. Come on, come on, Allison. That's pretty wow. much that's yeah. spot on. Spot on, I'm telling you. Okay. Well, I'll make making sure to check this, adding this show to queue right now. No offense to any Marvel's Place fans. I'm sure it has a dedicated fandom. I mean, enough so to reboot it. So I would think uh, even the, the hardcoreist of the uh, Marvel's Place fans understand <laughs> its place in, okay. in, in the pop culture oeuvre, you know. You know what you're getting in for, and you're getting exactly what you what you what you tuned in for. So, indeed, but you know, you really should watch the episode. Eh, Never mind. Uh, (laughs) We'll talk later. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk later. Item number nine, Jane. Jane. Now, I was wondering if Jainism would come up because I do know that that is a religion. I don't believe is it it is a city. Now, was it a person on Melrose Place and all of the? Many women, would they have had a Jane, or I guess technically a guy, um, named Jane, because it's a fairly common name, but I don't, I don't want to get suckered into, oh, it's a, a lady name, it must be a Marvel's Place character, so I'm going to say Jane is just a religion. Jane is just a religion is your answer. Now, obviously, this is where we get to have fun with homophones, potentially, where Jane being the religion spelled J-A-I-N. And as you correctly pointed out, there was indeed uh, a, a, a girl's name, Jane. The question, of course, then becomes, does Jane actually exist on the Melrose Place universe? And I am sorry to say that Jane is a regular character from episode one, hitting the ground running, one of the main characters on Melrose Place, played by uh, Josie Bissett back in the day. So unfortunately, cannot give you the point there. I'm just doing a quick uh, a quick scroll through my IMDb to see if Thomas Jane appeared on the show, and apparently he did not. <laughs> oh, tricky. But I, was think, I would have taken that. I, I just wanted to, to triple check myself, even though I already knew you, you had failed on that regard, but, uh, you know. I'm a completionist sometimes. Yeah, we've got to make sure just how wrong I was for the record. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's 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 wrap up. Wrap up things here. Uh, scenes from next week's episode of no. Uh, item ten, Rael. Rael. Oh my goodness. Well, that is not striking me immediately as any of these things. Rael. Um. I guess it could be, so I, I, it's not striking me as a city, so I guess I'll throw that off the table. Melrose Place character, it could be someone's name, certainly, just about anything could these days. Religion of the world, Rael. No, that's not, I'm not liking that. So I, I guess with this one, I will try just Melrose Place character. Oh, Heather, 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 Heather. I am sorry. It is not a Melrose Place character at all. Uh, this indeed is a religion. It's one of those wackadoodle ones. Uh, basically came out of France in the 1970s, and it is essentially a 
UFO cult with Nazi undertones. Wow, and you call that you have the gall to call that wackadoodle. I mean, <laughs> every religion is wackadoodle to someone looking in from the outside. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go out on 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 a limb here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah. What what are you going to say? What are you going to say about this one? It's, uh, you know, in today's, I don't know how many uh, observants of this religion still exist, but, uh, but I mean, I suppose it's a little bit, a little bit less uh, self-terminating than Breatharianism, where, you know, they, they think that all you need to live is to breathe and you don't have to eat or drink. So the breath will provide you all the sustenance because, you know, those people tend to just die out on their own. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's kind of how that works. Practice makes uh, imperfect, as it were. Uh, five points. Five points in that round. Uh, you know, we have, don't feel bad, we have jazzed up the difficulty level of, for the semifinals. This is not uh, your uh, regular qualifier categories here. We've tried to, you know, be a little tougher. You've been in the hot seat before, and you've been in this tournament before. You know, you've, you've tested your mettle, and we've, we, we, you know, you're tempered a little bit. You, you, can, you can serve a little higher, higher heat. Now that I've acclimated, you're making it more difficult. I see. Okay, noted. Thanks. Indeed. Question mark. Indeed. But if you are gonna, if you are gonna dabble at all into the Melrose Place oeuvre, uh, f- please feel free to. You don't have to watch anything more than find a clip on the YouTube of uh, anything Melrose Place related with Dr. Kimberly Shaw, played by Marsha Cross. She. Okay. Of all the wackadoodles, she was the most wackadoodle on this show. Uh, she disappeared, came back uh, with a great reveal of she pulled off her wig and her her head was all scarred and mauled. And uh, she blew up Melrose Place at one point. And she, uh, <laughs> she had a whole storyline where she was seeing a vision of a Charles Manson type cult figure in the mirror who would talk to her and tell her to do evil things. <laughs> Wow, I'm definitely picking up on a vibe here. <laughs> yeah, that's when the show A went off the rails and B really got good. <laughs> Sometimes they do go together. Yeah, exactly. Go away. Go away. You know I can't leave, Kimberly. I'm a part of you. I'm inside you. so much work to do together <laughs> no, I'm not crazy I'm not crazy I'm fine I'm not I'm not crazy I'm Enough about Darren Star series that no longer exists. Uh, we're going to move on to a uh, little me not talking, a little you talking just a little bit. Uh, in the preliminary rounds, the qualifiers, I asked you to come with a little tidbit, a little fact. We've done that. I said that the other questions uh, beyond the fungo and the guillotine and this, that, and the other were going to be inspired by something. Well, they're going to be inspired by you. And a five-letter word that I've asked you to bring here today and tell me what this five-letter word is. So what's that five-letter word and why, perchance, uh, if there is a reason, have you chosen it? The word that I picked is hippo, H-I-P-P-O. 
and short for, of course, for hippopotamus, the animal, what? which is, I know, fun fact number one, hippo is a common abbreviation of the word hippopotamus. And I picked it because I really enjoy the hippopotamus conceptually as an animal. It appears sort of fat and lazy and relaxed and no harm could come of it. But it turns out to really be, in actuality, quite dangerous um, when roused. And it just cracks me up the idea of a, you know, ballerina hippo that Disney portrays to us suddenly turning vicious and, you know, uh, just going loose on people. And I don't know if that maybe speaks psychologically to a lot of issues that I'm working through. But regardless, my uh, trivia team is Beware of Hippopotamus. And uh, I, I am greatly a fan of the hippo as an animal. And so I've brought to the table today hippo as my word. Fair enough. Fair enough. Having uh, seen you on the Mental Ceremony and in the hot seat here, amongst other places, that's an apt description of you yourself, the the mild-mannered librarian who <laughs> may be, oh, yep. so deadly. What? Uh, yep. Indeed. It, it, well, if the shoe fits, or if the tutu fits, as it were. Exactly uh, right. Well, we'll see what kind of Fantasia we have for you here today. As we continue on with the competition, you're sitting on five points. Let's try and build that score up as we prepare for the climb. Yes, the climb. That is five questions where the points climb in value from one for question one all the way up to five for question five. Yes, Carmela, we've chosen your name. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, whether or not these questions also climb in difficulty, well, that remains to be seen. Your mileage may vary, but that is kind of the intention here. Although, you know, hey, if it hits your wheelhouse, it hits your wheelhouse. Now, just as a reminder, these are in the first question and perhaps more questions inspired by Hippo. That does not mean they're all going to link back to Hippo. Don't overthink it in that regard. But if you're struggling for an answer to a particular question, don't underthink it either. You know, it, it, it's inspired by there's a train of thought going through may or may not, all of them may or may not link. So that's my caveat. <laughs> Can't wait to see how this is going to go. I'm ready for anything at this point, which is probably exactly what should happen. Exactly. Question one, one point on the table. Here we go. In the classic Hasbro game, Hungry, Hungry Hippos, most versions of the rules list the names of the colorful characters as being Henry, Homer, Harry, and Happy. However, the original 1978 version had a purple hippo named What, which was later swapped out for the pink Happy. Wow. I, I mean, I haven't played this game in a long, long time, although certainly I'm aware of it. And I couldn't have pulled any of the names, even of the four that are in there now, right off the bat. Um, and they they seem to be all sort of a, a, a pithy, two-syllable kind of a thing. So then can I come up with another one of those? Or was the oddball out something completely different, which is also possible? Unfortunately, this isn't narrowing it down for myself any, but if I think about H names that aren't Heather, because I, that would have been, well, now, oh goodness, see, now I'm doing the mind thing where is he doing a, you know, Heather Hurley and tying it into the contestant on the trivia? No, I feel like if there was a Heather the Hippo, people would have been giving me hippo gifts since I was a kid or something. So I am going to say the only H name that's popping into my mind for some reason on this is Henrietta, which is not necessarily the the case but i think i'm going to go with henrietta and and hope ha 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 hope that that is the happy happy answer 
Uh, very good, very good. Well, you know, Heather, if you want to win the game, you got to take good aim and get the most marbles with your hippos. And I did tell you you were going to play for all the marbles, so uh, hopefully your aim was true here, uh, which is not a hint that this is Allison. That was not a subtle segue into Elvis Costello. So yeah, they, they had uh, the Henry. They had the Homer. They had the Harry. For some reason, they decided that... Uh, that the purple hippo was not something they wanted, and they wanted pink. And so since they were changing the name, they did swap into Happy, which completed the quartet of H's. Uh, Your first instinct was right. This was an oddball. This was not an H at all, unless you had a strong lisp, uh, perhaps, and uh, said that uh, this was a hippopotamus named (laughs) Elizabeth. Uh, This would be Lizzie. Huh. Lizzie was the original oddball hippo for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, that's a terrible hippo name. Lizzie is a lizard. Lizzie is a llama. Come on, Lizzie the hippo, that's just lazy. Ah, very good, very good. Lazy would actually make more sense with with, with happy. Whatever. Uh, You're not happy. Uh, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It was only one point. The the one-pointer, I I feel I can take more liberties with the one-point question as well, because at the end I can just say, hey, it was only one point. Shut up. Well, that (laughs) makes one of us. Okay. Indeed. (laughs) Two points are next as we continue our climb up the mountain. The good thing is one misstep does not make you fall and collapse. You know, you can you can make it to the summit. We'll continue on. Question two. Two points. Are you ready? I'm ready. Heather, what Grammy Award winning duo had a song containing the following lyric? I'm not a large water dwelling mammal. Where did you get that preposterous hypothesis? Did Steve tell you that perchance? I come away from this with more questions than answers because, I mean, pop music is not a good category for me. So when I heard Grammy winning, I thought, oh, no. And then Steve? Who's Steve? Um, Is there a famous song with Steve? I I don't know. Probably. Um, There are certainly famous songs by people named Steve, but that doesn't mean that one of the people in this uh, in this duo is a Steve. And it's something about a water dwelling animal. Oh, my goodness. I mean... You know, oh boy, all I all I can think of is Muskrat Love and the Captain and Tennille, and that certainly just seems entirely too oddball to be correct here. But Grammy, the lyrics do not ring any bells with me, and I'm not going to pull the the old. But this is if this was released before I was born, AJ. However, what I know about it, because I know that that irritates you in a very specific way, and I I want to try to keep on your good side here as best I can. So I um. Is it a Lizzie? Because we just talked about Liz or someone named Hippo. I, I can I'm I'm not getting it by either overthinking or underthinking. So I, I am going to stick with the Captain and Tennille because I believe that was at least two people and they were music musicians. Yes, this is true. This is true. I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up if they won a Grammy or not for Love Will Keep Us Together, you know, which was a very huge mega hit when I was very young uh, because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I know. I didn't want to mention it, but I'm glad you did to clear the air. Yeah, the captain, of course, his real name was Daryl Dragon, which makes you wonder why didn't he just go by Daryl Dragon because that's like yeah. a cool rock name because they didn't do cool rock. I mean, I think that's probably the reason. Sure, that would, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, sure, I could have spun off of Lizzie and gone with a thin Lizzie question. I did not. Uh, this is uh, sticking to the theme a little bit here. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's actually not singing. He's rapping. That's part of the issue here. This is from a lovely comedy uh, ditty, comedy rap, called Hip Hopopotamus versus Rhinoceros, 
which won a Grammy Award for Best uh, Comedic Recording from a uh, popular duo of artists, Jermaine Clement, Brett McKenzie, together oh, they the are. Concords. Flight of the Concords. Huh. Yes. Oh. Like the hip hop eponymous. My lyrics are bottomless. Flows like glow like phosphorus Popping off the top of this esophagus Rocking this metropolis I'm not a large water dwelling mammal Where did you get that preposterous hypothesis? Did Steve tell you that perchance? Steve Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm shaking my fist at Steve right now too yeah, Definitely fun to listen to uh, Grammy award winning uh, duo they are Unfortunately point scoring mm, Not so, so much in that regard But you know what? We're at the midpoint, we uh, base camp, if you will, here in the climb, uh, which means it's time for a little fun. It's time for a little fun go. Here's how this three-point potential question works. I, as always, I'm going to give you three disparate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. Your job is to tell me what answer I'm looking for. If you can do it with one clue, three points headed your way. If you need that second clue to get it done, that's two points. And if you need all three clues, well, one point is still better than the goose eggs you've been collecting along the way. I'll feed you when you get to the top. You don't have to collect the eggs. Uh, of course, if you, uh, three strikes you out, no points are headed your way, but hopefully you will indeed be able to do this as I've been saying while tournament. Uh, one of the clues is possibly easier than the other two in terms of potential for getting it in one, and one of them is a little bit more difficult in that regard, and one is 50-50. I'm not going to decide which one you get, though. I have randomly placed them in columns A, B, and C. Heather, which clue would you like for your fungo first, A, B, or C? I'll take B first. B it is, all right. R-E-M Diddy. R-E-M Diddy. Oh, boy. I mean, assuming we're talking about the, the band R-E-M, I couldn't even name a single R-E-M song. Not good with the music. No, I, I don't even, I can't even warrant a guess. I will need another clue. Fair enough. Uh, still two points on the board for you if you can get this one. And uh, would you like A or C? I'll take A. A it is... Flags novel. Flags novel. Someone, something written by someone named Flag. Who would that be? Or I guess about a flag. But that's not ringing any bells either. And I do. I'm okay with literature. But they might have to kick me out of the library after this one because I still don't see anything in common between those two. So I will need to take the third clue. All right, third clue. Let's let's get you a point here. Uh, let's see if you can tie them all together with clue C. Witnesses may take this. Well, witnesses may take it. I, um, I was going to say they take an oath when they testify in court. I don't, I can't not think of um, novels having to do with oath or if that's an REM song, but witness, what kind of other witness would there be? Take a perspective, take a viewpoint, take a picture. Boy, I guess I will stick with oath as my answer. Oath is your answer. I mean, witnesses certainly may take an oath. That is absolutely correct. Witnesses may also take the fifth. That's something that witnesses may take. It's not the fifth either, but there are multiple possible answers for this one. Unfortunately, the one we're looking for, witnesses may take the stand. They may take 
The okay, Stand. I've heard of that as a book. Yeah, Stephen King's novel, The Stand, has a major character named Randall Flagg, uh, one of the two primary uh, protagonists in that. And R.E.M. has a song called Stand in the Place Where You Live. Oh, now, I have right, that right. Yes, Stand is stand is what we're looking for. Uh, speaking of standing in the place where you are, uh, whew, tell five. me about it. You, you, you took the fifth, and you're, you're, you're holding firm to the fifth, the five I points. Know. Heather, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Me neither. I, I, Let's, can I, we do something about this? Well, luckily, yes, we can. I mean, uh, uh, we can continue with our questions. We can continue with our climb. Okay, uh, that sounds four, good. Four points on the line here. Uh, great, great addition to your five. Almost doubling, if you can get this one right. I hope you can, uh, because this single-digit stuff will not stand. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kill me. All right, here is your four-point question. Good luck. And I think you'll be able to see where we're spinning off from very easily here. Uh, Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie were originally part of a larger five-man performance group based in Wellington. Alongside a man who has been nominated for two Emmys and three Oscars. I don't need you to name the man for me. I need for your four points for you to name any two of the projects that helped earn him an Emmy or Oscar nomination. You don't need me to name the man. Any chance I can get you to name the man? That would help oh, me a lot here. I'm sure it would help a lot. Yeah. New Zealand um, TV, TV people, maybe comedy people. Oh, boy. The ones that are coming to mind. So the other New Zealand person that came right to mind is Peter Jackson, who directed the Lord of the Rings movies. And I don't think that is it. And let's see, I'm thinking of a lot of Australian comedians. I watch some of those shows on YouTube and such. That's a lot of Oscar nominations, even for like someone in a creative category, which I would guess this person would be more uh, writing or acting or something along those lines, one of the quote unquote showier categories. So who would this be? Um, and you assume it's relatively recent because, I mean, obviously these people are still contemporaries now. So it's not like this was something happening way back in the day before I was born, and thus I would have absolutely no knowledge of it happening. New Zealand, who would it be? I've been to New Zealand, but they were kept trying to talk to me about Edmund Hillary and Everest, and come on, that's not helping me here. <laughs> so, who are their current um, TV and movie people? Man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bummed because this is one that I, I will have heard of when you say it, unlike some of these other ones where I didn't think I had a chance. So... Let's see. Who can I think of even just to name as a guess? No, nothing's going to come to me. Um, I, I'll say Russell Crowe because thinking of him in a comedy troupe is at least well, a funny visual. Uh, again, I don't want the person. I want the oh, two Oh, shoot, two you want the projects. That... Oh, boy. Well, then I guess I will go back to Peter Jackson and I will say The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and if it were Peter Jackson, those would be probably be fine answers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Peter Jackson's done anything that uh, has been Emmy nominated. Yeah, sticking to the big, the big pictures there. Um, so can you know a lot of, lot of, lot of directors do make that crossover. However, so uh, certainly would not be beyond uh, the realm of possibility. Uh, no, unfortunately. Now I'm gonna uh, for no points, but just to see if you can come up with it here, tell you the man, and now see if that helps you uh, answer the question. This would be Taiki Watiti. Oh, yes, who was a director, right? What did he, what did he do? Was that Moana? 
Did he do Moana? I don't. I definitely remember the person. Did not do Moana. I, no. um, I remember sort of seeing him at the, was it Whale Rider? I definitely remember seeing him at ceremonies, but I'm, I'm not going to get what the projects were. Well, Taiki Waititi, uh, for his Oscar work, he did a short film in 2005, which I did not expect you to get. This is called Two Cars, One Night. Uh, that's why I didn't ask you to name all the projects. Because... <laughs> Who saw Two Cars One Night? Probably nobody. Uh, he was nominated uh, for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yes. The, the, the Hitler movie. Yes, which he also starred in because he couldn't get anyone to agree to play Hitler. <laughs> so he said, all right, I'll do it. Uh, and, We've uh, all been there. Yeah, television work. Uh, in addition to his nomination for Outstanding Voiceover on The Mandalorian, as he played... Uh, Battle Robot IG-11. He also is a producer and creator and uh, very much involved in uh, Outstanding Comedy Series nominee, What We Do in the Shadows. Very good. The movie version of which starred Mr. Jermaine Clement. So <laughs> It all comes full circle. Comes Keep full your circle. friends close, everybody. Indeed, and your vampires closer. Uh, can I give you the points there? But I can I give you. I can give you one more. One more shot at this. One more shot at the apple, as it were. All right, let's get you five points here. Let's let's double your score here. Five points. Watch this segue, Heather. Okay, I'm braced. So we were just talking about Taiki Watiti. Taiki is a Japanese word meaning atmosphere. So of course, this question is about Japan's space program. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Slow clap. My goodness. So, uh, Japan Space Program, JAXA, I suppose that's their version of NASA, JAXA, in January of 2021, NASA announced that it was going to help fund JAXA's newest project to launch a mission to study what celestial object. All right. Well, the plus side is I can certainly think of a celestial object to, to name, which is good. Um, I don't recall hearing this news offhand, um, but still very cool. I'm all about space things, um, especially these days. It is nice to turn to a, a larger effort and dream about uh, exploring other worlds and, you know, making Star Trek finally happen. Um, but let's see, what would it be? Um, would it be something nearby like the moon? Would it be something a little further off like Mars? Would it be something totally way far off like... Um, you know, Alpha Centauri or something. I will say it's something close-ish. And of course, in space, that's very much a relative term. Um, is it the moon or is it one of the planets? And of course, celestial object does not necessarily mean planet. It could be a star. It could be a comet. It could be any number of things. I don't know that the I can get anything by the fact that it's Japan as opposed to another country because space is cool for everybody. So I will say... Ah, is there a hippo connection here? I don't know what that would be. Um, I think the the link was in the the link has already been explained, so I don't want to try to make things too tidy. And I will say, um, I guess I will stick with the moon that they are going to study the moon. The going to study the moon is your answer. Uh, the knowledge of the Japanese space program not necessarily something I expect you to have, but it just happened. This is kind of a current events question, so that's sure. why. That's why it's a little more fair game. Uh, so Japan has been very recently uh, really going going gangbusters with the space program. They've, they've turned it up a notch. Uh, they've been uh, involved in all these missions to kind of land on asteroids and things like that and try and bring back samples. Very much into that. But they just entered this agreement with NASA. It's kind of a tit-for-tat situation where 
uh, NASA says, hey, we'll give you the money so you can fund this particular operation if you can give us some tech support and maybe a few extra bodies to help us work on our operation called Artemis, which is NASA's 2024 mission to the moon, where they plan to, uh, their goal is to have the first woman land on the moon by 2024. Hence, Artemis. Right. Sister to Apollo. I see. Makes sense. The naming Uh is great there. So, unfortunately, Japan is not putting a mission together to go to the moon. They're just hopping on board with NASA's pre-existing one, providing some tech support. But all on their own, they are sending a satellite to track them solar winds and get as close to the sun as possible. Ah, the other one. Ha ha. Japan, land of the what? Oh, sure. Yeah. Morning sun. Okay, sun. Ah, Yeah, certainly. It was, so it was a little bit of a Japan angle there. Yeah, not obvious, though. I mean, certainly, these are hard questions. Is it ever? Yes, I I find that it hardly ever is, until afterwards. Yeah, so so that's the end of the climb, and uh, you didn't get too high, unfortunately. But, uh, hey, you know, seeing the mountain is the first step. <laughs> it's, the, it's there. I can yeah. attest that it is there. Indeed. So here's where we stand, Heather. Uh, five points, as you know. Uh, six contestants. All you have to do is be among the two highest scores. And, you know, we have no idea how anyone else is going to do. So it's possible that if you can get just a few more points here, that might well be enough. Uh, just so you don't go on on the record, if there is a tie for uh, one of those top two spots, tiebreaker will be the highest score in the previous game. And you're tied with Cheyenne right now. So if you guys tie, I'll have to come up with something else for that. Otherwise, you know, the scores from the previous games do not count. So I'm not adding anything in to, to the mix here. Uh, it'll just be used as a tiebreaker. But you know what? Let's, let's, let's try and get you here because we have one question left, Heather. You know what's coming. It's time once again for you to face the guillotine. We got the guillotine. One final question is before you, Heather. One answer is all that is required. If you get it right, you're going to double that score from 5 to 10 double digits. That's what we'd like to see, and I'll happily do it. If you get it wrong, hey, no harm, no foul. We're going to write that 5 in with pen. Uh, you know, we'll see where the, the chips fall, as it were. But, Heather, <laughs> there's got to be a catch, and the catch is if either you give an answer that does not fit the question at all, that's eh, not going to happen, but no sandbagging. It's just our sandbag insurance there. Or uh, if it's going to happen, more likely, if you give me the answer that I have pre-selected as the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head and your score will get chopped in half. And there's not much half to chop here, so I hope that doesn't happen. Hey now. Hey, hey now. Hey, truth, truth. I speak truth bombs. Are you ready? For your I am guillotine. ready. Right, here we go. What Harrison Ford film had the highest worldwide box office not adjusted for inflation so we're looking for the harrison ford film is any film in which harrison ford appears as a credited actor which harrison ford film had the highest worldwide box office for the entirety of its run in theaters we had not made any adjustments to this value for inflation 
Well, brief moment of silence for the concept of going to a movie theater, which is a thing I miss greatly and hope will return to us sometime in the not-too-distant future. Um, so two important aspects of any sort of box office question, worldwide or domestic, and adjusted for inflation or not. So I'm glad that you covered both of the, both of those. You know, you're a real pro. You should think about doing this uh, as, as a regular sort of thing. I was okay, thinking anyway. of starting a podcast, yeah. Yeah, you know, everybody does these days. Why not? All right. So Harrison Ford movies, and of course he's been in a number of franchises, he, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, um, those ones where he was, you know, an angry president or angrily protecting a president or all those sorts of things. Um, large, long body of work, much of which has made a lot of money. The question being, what made the most around the world, which isn't always the same as just what is in the U.S.? Let's see... As a, any, which he appeared as a credited actor. Oh goodness, that could be so many things. And I'm not, I'm not as huge a Star Wars person as I know many people are, and so I'm not as good on what of the newer things, the quote unquote newer Star Wars things, he was in or not. As an older, uh, whatever his character was. Oh, people are hating me. Han Solo, right? He was Han Solo. Okay, everybody, sit, stand down, everybody, calm down. I, I got it. I got it. Uh, Star Trek person, don't hate. Uh, okay, so. Was he in one of the new ones as an older, uh, as as his older self? I think he was. And then the question becomes, which one? Because there are, they're releasing them like gangbusters these days, although not right now. But they're they're coming out with them like every year for a while. There was he in the one with? So I don't think he was. Oh, was he in Solo or whatever the new one was? She asked as if anyone would answer her. Uh, I bet it is one of the new star wars ones and i'm not gonna be able to figure out which one because i don't know what any of them are called or it, it could be nothing um to do with with that but then i can't think of any connections either to my name the television show lost or the hippopotamus so i i guess i feel good that i'm probably not going to get the guillotine answer because if it's between two different star wars or something and i'm not even gonna be able to go there because i'm actually leaning towards like indiana jones and the crystal skull which i know he was in but that was a while ago i think i will go with that to be a little bit of a a little bit of a weak move here but to avoid the guillotine i will say indiana jones and the crystal skull indiana jones and the crystal skull is your answer uh, technically the full name of the film is indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull but oh, i, I know but i know oh, okay okay but i know what you're going i know what you're going for i'm not going to be a hard ass on that <laughs> Even though you can all watch the video of me playing a, a game online quiz league pop solos where I said Indiana Jones, the one with the Crystal Skull, I don't remember the full name and did not get credit for it, even though we all knew I knew what I was talking about. But that, and that was totally fair. I didn't have the full title. You need the full title in those leagues. But I am not going to uh, subject you to the same fate there. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out there. That was very therapeutic for everybody. <laughs> Indeed. Moving on. So, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the the big difference between domestic and worldwide, obviously, is some of the thing. The, the not adjusted for inflation, of course, skews it very much more heavily towards modern era because ticket prices are more. So even if the same number of people see it, uh, you know, ticket prices are more. So that, that certainly uh, is going to uh, have an impact there. Certainly, I will show you, and this is just a testament to the number of people who went to see this film in its original run, and it's, it's certainly been re-released, and it's, you can probably find it at theater today. The guillotine answer, of course, was... The guillotine answer was Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Any of, you know, just, just it's Star Wars. Uh, I would have asked you, of course, which one you, you meant, uh, yeah. just for clarity's sake here. Uh, Star Wars is the original film, the first one. It wasn't called Episode Four or A New Hope until uh, later on, and they went back and ret retconned the title, but... It, 
the original Star Wars. That is the guillotine answer. You avoided the guillotine. That's very, very good. I'll take it. I, I will tell you here that the uh, box office for the uh, most recent uh, trio of Star Wars films has been very, 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 very good. <laughs> People love the last trilogy of Star Wars. Uh, and the Jones series did very, very, very good, good. Good box office here. I will say one, two on the list are a Star Wars film and an Indiana Jones film. Oh, no kidding. So definitely. Uh, the key here is that uh, Harrison Ford only appeared in two out of the three most recent Star Wars uh, in the trilogy films there, uh, and was an uncredited cameo in one of them. So oh, really, of the modern, uh, the modern trilogy, the, the 789 of it all, uh, he only uh, appears in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens as a credited actor. Uh, even though we all know we saw him in, <laughs> in Rise of Skywalker. Very tricky. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think I avoided the major spoilers there, right? I mean, like, come on. There's, are there really Star Wars spoilers at this point? I mean, the bad news is you'll get letters if you didn't, but the good news is you're not opening those letters. Well, this is true. I still need that staff. Uh, Star Wars, just to, to put it in, in, in a monetary context, Star Wars, the original film, currently up to about $775 million. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, at $785 million is Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Unfortunately for you, Heather, that is not number one. That is number two because over $2 billion was uh, Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, uh, which would have been the correct answer. But hey, hey, The Force may not have been with you, but at least the blade was not <laughs> slicing down upon your skull. So there is that. I will take that upon my crystal skull, if you will, if you will. Indeed, and I'm glad you didn't try to like really look into connections there, because I said witnesses earlier, and it's, the witness was not on this list. Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. See, okay. Phew. See, people can. Re- you can. I can find connections with just about anything in this game, and people go, "Hey, you meant that?" Like, you're, you're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, all- it's a very specific superpower. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Put me on one division right now. Uh, five, 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 five. But it's a fine and dandy score. I had a fine time. I hope you did as well, uh, score notwithstanding. And there's, you know, there may still be hope. A new hope or otherwise. It was a great time. Yeah, always good to stretch my brain and search for those connections and learn a lot. So definitely a good time. Well, I thank you so much for being here. Uh, we may be seeing you again very soon. Maybe not, but, uh, you know, I'll give you the floor. Uh, it is bloodless, so there's plenty of room for you to uh, espouse on any cause, uh, make any statements uh, you'd like. Uh, go! <laughs> I think that uh, what I've taken away most is the the Melrose Place oeuvre. Is, uh, I've, I've got an entry point, so I can educate myself on that that I've been missing. At BMG Pod on Twitter, if you want to harass me about anything that uh, went on today uh, you can also join our Facebook group we're a fun community beat my guests the fans hot seat and patreon.com slash beat my guests if you want to support the cause ain't gonna say no to that uh, thank you so much you may leave the hot seat thank you bye and for those of you out there until the next time with more semifinal action we will see you then take care bye bye did you beat our guests or did our guests beat you tell us all about it on twitter at bmgpod and if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not the Mark Goodson Bill Todman production.